Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I was there. I was a servant at the wedding. It was the, the craziest thing I ever saw. We doubted there was enough wine to begin with, but then as the wedding party went on and on, the wine dwindled and dwindled, and soon, sure enough, we ran out. The embarrassment, the possible end of the party, this party was lame. And then guess who showed up? Yeah, Jesus, the guy from Nazareth about four and a half miles to the south. He shows up, yep, Jesus, the, the wet blanket, have no fun, follow all the rules, Jesus. This party just went from lame to dead. And then Mary has this crazy idea. Right. She turns to Jesus. Now, it would, have made fence, it would have made sense if Mary would have gathered all of her friends together at the wedding and, and made a trip, special trip down to ABC. It's like ABC with more phlegm. They didn't. That would have caused more embarrassment to the family. Instead, Mary turns to Jesus. She turns to Jesus and says, they have no more wine. And Jesus speaks back to her, woman, what does that have to do with me? Now, now please don't hear this woman as, as we would maybe hear this with, with Western ears that, woman, go fix me a pot pie. This was more of a, a term of respect and honor. And it was almost as if Jesus was recognizing there was a change in their relationship. Mary trusted Jesus to approach this ordinary problem and respond with an extraordinary solution. Then she comes to us. Mary comes to us and tells us, do whatever he tells you to do. Now this, this phrase that Mary uses uh, means more of a do it right now and without any question, listen to him and follow what he says. Now, standing nearby, there were about six stone jars that were, you know, between, between uh, you know, 20 or 30 gallons each. So we're, we're talking about 120 to 80 gallons in total. And Jesus, he says to us, fill the jars with water. And so we filled them to the brim, and, and no one at any time in any place in history has ever said, do you know what would make this party better? Water. <laughs> A lot of water. So we did what he said, and then he tells us, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. Okay. So we pull some out. It wasn't water. It was wine. Now, if any of you know anything about wine, you know that wine that was just made is not good. It hasn't had a time to develop any complexity. It's just, it's going to taste horrible. And so we take it to the master. And he takes it and he looks at it and he smells the bouquet. And he takes a, a sip and swirls it in his mouth and you can see his eyes just explode in wonder. He says, this is, this is amazing. Most people, most people serve the good wine first, and then when people's taste buds are a little bit dead, then they bring out the cheap boxed wine. But you've saved the best for last. 
How can this be? We were in, in wonder and awe at what had just happened. And how amazing was it that, that, that Jesus, in, in his, his amazing, extraordinary kind of way, he let us in on the deal. Right? Just lowly servants. We were the ones who got to see this sign of who Jesus is and what he's capable of doing. A sign. And sometimes... I've heard it, the, the, the word miracle thrown around with the, the amazing, extraordinary things Jesus did, but I think sign is a much better word, right? It connects more with the head and with the heart as an arrow that's pointing to something, right? The, 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 the sign itself is not the piece of wonder, as amazing as that is, but the arrow that that sign points to, Jesus. Son of God, capable of doing the extraordinary. See, Jesus' solution that day was, was incredible and abundant, both quality and quantity. He brought the party back to life. What did, you, what did Mary do? She turned to Jesus, she trusted in him, and then she told us what to do. And I think there's a lesson there for us. To turn, to trust, and to tell. Now, I've got problems of my own in my own life. Problems that don't have anything to do with wine or a lack of wine. Problems of struggles, of trials, of temptations, of difficulties, of problems. If Mary could trust and turn and tell, maybe that's something that would be good for me as well. And what would that look like in my life? I think this is a reflection of, of Mary's deep and certain trust that Jesus will do the right thing all the time for the good of those who love him. How often do I come to God with my own expectation of how I think he should solve the problem and make things right? Whereas his plan is always best. What an amazing, amazing relationship that Mary had with Jesus. What a, what a friend that she had in Jesus. Was, was she weak and heavy laden to take it to the Lord in prayer? In his arms he'll take and shield you. You'll find solace there. Eric, that'd make a great song. You should put that to music. We have a world that's so broken that ordinary help just won't cut it. Ordinary help in, in realm of, of financial or political or social or influence, these solutions will never fix the brokenness of this world. Jesus did not do these signs simply to make a bad day better or make somebody who was lame walk again. He did them, and his disciple John wrote them down that you might be able to see them with your own eyes, to see not just the signs themselves, but the one to whom they point, to see Jesus. 
so that you know the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins, to be able to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. I've been spending some time this week thinking about just witnessing the wonder of Jesus, the life of the party, who brings me back to life, to turn, to trust, and to tell. I want you to know that, that my life is not one problem after another. Instead, it's, it's one opportunity after another to turn to Jesus in the midst of struggles, to trust in Him to bring extraordinary solutions that I can't even conceive of. But these signs that He works in our lives are not just to make our lives better, but to remind us of who He is and what He's capable of doing. Now, now, mind you, my, my faith is not built on the signs that I see. The signs are, are not absolutely imperative and necessary. They're helpful. They're encouraging. But they're not necessary. Now, the necessary pieces that we have are His Word, His unchanging, rock-solid Word, and, and not just the Word written down in, 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 the, in the Scripture, but the Word made flesh in Christ Himself. That is necessary. His life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his, his promised return, that is essential. That is necessary. Consuming his word, receiving the sacraments, the things that he's commanded to do, not as rules but as gifts, to fill and flood our lives with grace. In this life today, I know that one opportunity after another will be facing me to turn and trust in Jesus. And in those moments where I see those signs that he does and works in my life, to be able to talk about them and share them. They're not just to make my life better, but to, to be shared with other people that they might see and hear and know and believe. But this is not just about this world but the party that comes in life everlasting. See, weddings, well, weddings are just interesting. I've read in Scripture that, that God compares His relationship with us as a marriage, that He, His Son, is, is the bride, and we, the, the church, are His bride. With him as the bridegroom and us as the bride, the marriage that we have together, the, the perfect relationship that will last into eternity. It's this wedding feast that we talk about in, in, in the, the second coming of Jesus when we enter into the kingdom of God, the world put right, this amazing wedding feast of a celebration. It's the focal point, the final victory that we share. And how amazing is it that with that end in sight, Jesus begins his ministry with a miracle at a wedding. I think it's to remind us that the best is yet to come. The best that we experience in the, in, in the life everlasting in the world put right is better than any, any of the greatest pieces of this world. The amazing abundance will be more than we need. The quality will be better than we can imagine. 
There was this one time where my wife and I were celebrating and we were given a very special bottle of wine, a bottle that was probably more expensive than we could ever afford on our own, and we enjoyed that wine every last sip. We savored it, its complexity, its richness, its fullness. It was amazing. And when it was gone, we mourned, <laughs> knowing that we would probably never experience another bottle of wine like that again. Do you see the, the richness of the kingdom of God is that it isn't limited. The greatness that we will encounter in his kingdom and the kingdom to come will be even better than that. And it will be bottomless. It will be never ending. It will be grace upon grace upon grace. The ordinary runs out. The extraordinary of Christ lasts forever. If you are facing difficulties today, maybe many small ones, maybe many large ones, see them not as problems, but opportunities for you to turn to Christ, to trust in him for every solution, and to tell with joy those around you. And may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.